Welcome to the Simplify Jesus Podcast. We're your hosts, Matt Gunter and Bill Allen, and together we are breaking barriers through communication. I get this one all the time, Matt. I get, um, I've even had my brother ask this question. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if he's listening or not, but I'm going to call him out anyway. Do it. Why should I believe the Bible if man wrote it? That is a very solid question. Uh, I've, mm-hmm. I've heard it many times. What do mm-hmm. you think? Yeah, it, it is a solid question. You know, I've, I've actually had some, some good, pretty deep conversations around this. Uh, you know, there was a guy that I, I went to college with, still, still a very good friend of mine, that challenged that, well, maybe, you know, the Bible doesn't have everything in it. You know, maybe some of this other stuff should be included in the Bible, should be included in what we read because, well, man put it together. Mm-hmm. And so who's to say that there wasn't some stuff left out or some of this other stuff that we don't believe that we don't ascribe to, um, shouldn't be in there. And, you know, I think it's a valid question. It's, I agree. you know, men, men wrote the Bible. Um, I should, you know, let me clarify that people wrote the Bible. Um, it was probably predominantly men because yeah. of the, because of the culture, but, but people wrote the Bible and people are flawed. And so, yeah, it's, it's a completely valid question. And, and then later on, other people took the stuff that these other good dudes wrote and put it all together and said, Hey, here's the Bible. Right. I mean, there's pro there's lots of opportunities for, uh, for mistakes and, and yeah. So why do we believe it? Yeah. It's a good question, and um, it's one that I kind of struggled with for a long time myself. And uh, uh, but you know, even even when I was searching and I didn't know who Jesus was, and I didn't understand who God was, and I knew that my go-to was, well, if it's in the Bible, then I believe it. Mm. And that was just an inherent feeling that I had about mm. it. And then I've had other people say, well, I only believe the letters written in red because that's what Jesus actually said. Okay. Well. Okay, um, we can we can talk a bit, little bit about that. Yeah. So there's a lot of different people out there that that think a lot of the different things about the Bible. So mm-hmm. why don't we go into a little bit of of what the Bible is? Yeah. So so the Bible is is broken up into two major sections. You got the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, over the course of history, over you know hundreds, probably thousands of years, um, there were probably about forty different guys that wrote the Bible as we know it today. Um, Probably the earliest one was Moses. He was credited with writing the first five books of the Bible. So that's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And that's kind of your uh, foundation of Israel. Isn't that the Torah? Isn't that what the... the so it's it's part of the Torah. Okay. Um, the 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 Pentateuch is sometimes what it's called uh, for the first five books, and then the Torah includes I think Joshua, Judges. It includes more of the history of Israel as okay. well. Okay. Right. Yeah. And so so Moses credited with writing some of it. Um, there's some history stuff in there that we're really not sure who wrote it. Where it, it gets a little fuzzy. There's like the first and second Chronicles and first and second Kings that dives into. Um, what was happening during during the history of, during the history of Israel, which gets really complicated, so we're not going to dive into that. But <laughs> we do have we do have thoughts of having future seasons on what did happen in the Bible, yeah. um, and and so that that's going to be a fun one, but but not for today. So we don't know exactly who recorded it, but so so all that's written by different guys. Then you've got this whole area called the the books of wisdom. So it's the Psalms and the Proverbs. 
um, that were written by David and his son Solomon, two of the the more famous kings from Israel's history. Um, and then after that, there's all these prophets, and each of the prophets had their own book that they wrote. And so guys like Jeremiah, Isaiah, Micah um, wrote prophecies, and these prophecies were about Israel. They were about Jesus. Um, there were some end times prophecies, a guy like Daniel. Um, and so that that's kind of the Old Testament. So the, the point being that there were a lot of different guys who contributed to the Old Testament writings. And that those Old Testament writings were actually what, I guess, you would have been considered the Bible, so to speak, during Jesus' time. Okay, so when people were going to the temple to, uh, to pray or, to, or they were going to hear God's word, these are the books that they were hearing and learning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is all the stuff that they would have studied. And, you know, something interesting and about it is you actually see a lot of connections between the Old Testament and the New Testament because of that. Because the, you know, Jesus was teaching a lot in Israel and kind of in the Jewish culture. And so the Bible they knew was all the Old Testament stuff. So mm-hmm. that's why you see a lot of crossover there. Okay. So, yeah, because they're mentioning in the New Testament, they're talking mm-hmm. about the Old Testament in different spots. Okay. Exactly. I see what you mean there. Yeah. And not to mention that, you know, there were so much, there were so many prophecies in the old, uh, in the Old Testament, that spoke of things that were going to be happening that ended up happening, and recorded in the New Testament. Right. Exactly. And so yeah, so some of my favorite things to read, and we actually did a really good study in Sunday school over this, um, the prophecies from the Old Testament that were proven in Jesus in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. It's cool to see because I mean th- some of this stuff was written hundreds and hundreds of years apart and so it's cool to see how those how all those are connected yeah it really is um so then who was the new testament written by so the new testament was primarily written by apostles Um, so apostles are defined as people who had um, a direct interaction with jesus of some sort so it was um, the 12 disciples minus judas um, because he betrayed Jesus, right? So, so he, those he 11, was out. He didn't get his own book. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So you have the eleven uh, disciples um, that were left, and then Paul, who had a, a very interesting uh, thing happen to him. He was on uh, the the road to Damascus, as as they call it, and he had a an interaction with Jesus there. Um, and we actually talked about that in our last episode that Paul used to be a Pharisee, and and so anyway, so he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. So. The New Testament was written by those guys. So if you look at the Gospels, um, Matthew was a gospel, uh, my, my namesake. He was he was a tax collector before Jesus called him. Um, and John was one of the disciples as well. And then Mark and Luke were written by a little bit different situation. So Mark is believed to have transcribed Peter's version of events. And then Luke was actually an, a historian who lived around that time and knew Jesus. But he was writing down the history of Jesus and everything that happened around him for one of the kings at that time. And so he was going, doing interviewing and all that kind of stuff. So it was a lot of different people's accounts that he poured into his gospel so he could tell his version of the story of Christ. Hmm. Do we know what king that was? I don't know. It is written in Luke, and I can tell is it? you. Okay. Because he actually wrote it like a letter. He's like, to king so-and-so. Um, yeah, so it was actually written to King Theophilus and was uh, was written specifically for him. I guess he, he had some questions about who this Jesus guy was and, and what this Christianity stuff was all about. And so that that's why Luke wrote 
the Gospel of Luke. Hmm. And it's our most, uh, um, it's our go-to book for the Christmas story. It's yeah. the most detailed version. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool that, that the guy that went around interviewing people got the most detailed information mm-hmm. as opposed to the one that, well, of course, his disciples weren't there when he was born. So right. he had to get that information from uh, St. Mary or right. or any of the other people that were around at that time. Absolutely. Yeah, that is a cool perspective. I hadn't thought about that, but but that's very true. You know, because Matthew gets a little bit into some of the Christmas story stuff, but not near as much detail. So yeah, Luke, Luke definitely did his digging for that. He um, did. That's awesome. So what are, say, the, you know, the, uh, the books of uh, the first and second Corinthians and, mm. and uh, those kind of books, um, what are those? The majority of the rest of the New Testament are letters that were written from the apostles to churches. Um, so when you're looking at like first and second Corinthians, um, that those are letters that Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. And typically these were letters that were written to probably encourage them a little bit and say, Hey, these are the things you're doing well, keep doing that. But also to say, you've gotten off course over here, make sure you bring this back around. Cause that's not what Jesus would want you to do, mm. um, essentially. And so we see that with Peter, Peter's got a couple of those. John has a couple and so we, so most of the rest of the New Testament are letters like that. And Paul, in fact, Paul wrote, um, I would guess it's over half of the New Testament wow. with, with letters like that. Um, the other two books out there are Acts. Um, Acts was also written by Luke. And that's the, so you could say like the journey of Paul. So it starts right after Jesus ascends into heaven and then goes through um, Paul's full journey. And then Revelation John wrote um, based on a vision he had with God at kind of towards the end of his life. But everything else in between those two is letters that Paul and some others wrote to the churches. Okay. All right. So it took me years to realize that when I read through those types of, of books, um, they didn't make much sense to me. Hmm. Um, but once I realized they were letters to other people, it was like I was getting a, a intimate look at, at this life mm-hmm. that somebody was, that these people were living, hearing how people were, um, like you said, they were kind of getting off track and, mm-hmm. and he's saying, okay, you know, my, uh, you know, my, my fellow Christians or no, he didn't say Christians, but often brothers and sisters, brothers in and sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in Christ, that's what mm-hmm. it was. Um, you know, He's, he's kind of reprimanding him, and sometimes he gets pretty harsh. <laughs> he does. Um, but all of it is, again, not about them following the rules, but they're, they're not living the way they should, mm-hmm. and he's wanting them to have the best possible life they could possibly have. Right. They're, they're hurting their own relationship with God by yeah. the stuff they're doing. And the thing to remember when we're looking at those letters is the cultural context that they're written in. Because mm-hmm. there's some of the stuff in there that... If you take it out of context, it can look like it says one thing, but really it's talking about something completely different. Mm. A good example of that is, I believe it's in 1 Corinthians, it talks about how women should uh, keep their hair long and keep their heads covered and that kind of stuff. Well, in the cultural context, that meant something very different than what we think of today. Like That doesn't mean that women shouldn't have short hair. In that context, it had to do with, well, 
basically it was prostitution um, is, is what it boiled down to. It was, it was a promiscuity, uh, promiscuous thing to have real short hair. And point being that we've got to look at these letters and understand that they were written to real churches who had real issues going on in their real cultures that we may or may not deal with today. And so we've got to put it back in that context and say, okay, what was he, what was the point of what he was saying? Like this was a specific instruction for this church, but what does that mean for me? Mm -hmm. And I think uh, something you said, you said a key word or a key phrase, it was written to the churches. Yep. He wasn't writing to people outside of the church saying, right. okay, you're not acting right. Mm -hmm. You need to, you need to straighten up. Yeah. He wasn't reprimanding those people. Mm -hmm. He was talking to the church, to the people that said, I believe in Jesus Christ mm -hmm. and I want to live the way he wants us to live. Mm -hmm. Um, but then they start getting off track. Right. So he starts trying to reel them back in. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think the key thing to remember about that is those letters were written in love and, yeah. and in, in mm -hmm. wanting them to, to repent. Yep. You know, and Jacob said something, our pastor said something the other day that uh, Sunday actually that, uh, you know, we use repentance as, and it turns into a bad word, but, <laughs> but it's yeah. not, it's, yeah. it's a good loving word that mm -hmm. we need Christians to remember mm -hmm. um, people outside of the church. Yeah. They're going to see it as a bad word because they don't understand it. Right. Right. It, there, there are people that think repentance means I have to, I have to give up something to repent. And yes, that, that is, that is true. The, the other side of that is we do it because there's something better. Yeah. That's why we do it. And so it's a, it's actually a very good thing. And we're going to do a whole episode on repentance. So don't worry. Yeah, you'll, don't. you'll hear more about that later on. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, and so that you know, that that's the other thing with the letters that I think is 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 important to note is that it was not only written to the churches, right? But it was but it was written at a time when Christianity was a brand new thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it was only you know months or years old at this point. You know, we've had thousands of years, two thousand years, since Jesus lived and walked on this earth, and you know we still don't have it all right. Um, yeah, we we could use some letters sometimes, but we could for sure. Um, but there, but a lot of the stuff he was talking about too was just because they were confused. They didn't know, right? Mm -hmm. You have a culture where you grow up, um, you know, sacrificing to idols and stuff. And now this Jesus guy comes in or somebody comes in and talks about this Jesus guy. And so, okay, so what do I do with this other religion that I've been doing all these years? It, it was a lot of that kind of stuff, yeah. you know? And so yeah. anyway, so just important to keep the, the content of the letters in context and remember that, like you said, it was written to a church. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Here's the big question. I don't know if you can boil this down in a quick uh, summary. <laughs> what is this book of Revelation all about? This thing is crazy. Okay, so so the book of Revelation is, it was written by John. He was um, exiled to um, the Isle of Patmos, and um, he had a vision from God that it's all about the end times. So I will, I will summarize it in this way, that if you look at what he wrote, in the context of the culture that it was written in, it means something probably very different than what you would think. Reading the words on the page, um, there's you know there's a lot of stuff with dragons and the sea opening up and all of these visions and things. Part of that is he may not even know what he's looking at, right? Mm -hmm. he, he's just the best describing to the best of his ability what he sees. But that imagery also meant something in that culture, in that context, that we would not understand today because mm -hmm. we don't live in the Roman Empire. Just as a, as a word of encouragement and a word of caution when you're looking at that stuff, that 
it is important to read that stuff in context. I don't have all of that context. I've been blessed with some commentaries and that kind of stuff to help me try to understand some of that, but I'm not the guy to talk to about end times. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's fascinating, but, but, but not enough to get into pulling out the calendars and on this date at this time, oh, and, gosh, you know, no. that kind of stuff. It's, and, and people do, and, and, and more power to them. It's, it's, it's not the thing for me. Yeah. But God <laughs> even said in the, in there, you're not going to know the time. You're not going right. to know when I come and That's nobody's right. going to know until he actually does. Uh, so, um, aside from knowing when Jesus is going to come back, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you're saying that we kind of have to know the history of the culture to really completely understand what was going on when in their minds when they were writing all of this down. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that pastors study Hebrew and Greek mm-hmm. and all of these things that are that it was originally written in to be able to understand why there are five words for love. <laughs> right. Um, and to be able to put it together and understand that the uh, Ten Commandments said, do not murder, not mm-hmm. do not kill, right? right? There's a difference between because there's two different words. Right. Um, possibly more. <laughs> so knowing that we need to know our history mm-hmm. uh, to understand the Bible, why should we believe it, do you think? Well, so so a couple of reasons why I think we should believe what the Bible says. Um, one is from a historical perspective, just a what actually happened perspective a lot of the events that are written down in the bible the miracles that are written down in the bible have been proven to some extent right so there are a lot of cultures uh, native american cultures and just kind of ancient uh, african cultures and stuff that talk about a time when there was a big flood over the earth mm-hmm. well funny enough in genesis it talks about noah's noah's ark and the big flood that covered the whole earth and it was there for 40 days and 40 nights so we have some cultural context that points back to that event from other cultures outside of the jewish culture Um, there's evidence been found in the red sea of chariots at the bottom of the red sea that are in a location that would make sense if they were if that was pharaoh's chariots that were drowned after moses crossed the red sea We've got these little breadcrumbs that have been been out there from from a pure, you know, th- this is not faith. This is, no, this is stuff that we found. We we can put our hands on it right. kind of stuff. Right. And, and on top of that, I mean, we can, we can physically go to um, Israel. We can go to what was called the promised land in, in the Old Testament. We can see the places. We can see where the temple was. We can see where these things happened. And, you know, that's, it's one of the interesting things, um, that my brother Brian has gotten to experience that I think would be super fun to go do. But there was a guy that that came to him and said, you know, I think anybody who's studying the Bible and preaching the Bible has a completely different view on what happens in there. If they've been to the places where it happened. And, and so he, he took a trip to Israel and I think it would, there's no doubt in my mind that it completely changed his perspective. And I think it would be awesome to go see because sometimes if we're being honest, the Bible kind of feels like um, a really awesome storybook. Mm-hmm. It's not tangible enough, right? I, I feel that all the time. But but if you but if I were to go see some of these places and and say like no like this is really where this happened, it, it would bring it to life. Um, and we can do that. So that's another reason we can believe it. And and then finally, Jesus himself, he was talked about in sources outside of the Bible. Um, there was a, specifically a Roman historian. Who, who wrote about him, who talked about his life. And while he may have not written about the resurrection, I'm 
pretty sure he did record that his disciples talked about the resurrection. And so we know that there truly was a man named Jesus who came, was a um, was probably talked about as a great teacher and prophet, but that we know based on the things around it that he was the Messiah, that he came, he lived, um, died, and rose again. And so we, we have a lot of context that points back to that. Um, and we know that over 500 people saw him when he came back from right. being crucified. That's right. When he died and rose again. Uh, well, and, and you think about the disciples' reaction. If he didn't rise again, if, if nobody saw him, why would they go and live their lives and be martyrs for a man that they thought was dead? Yeah. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. It makes absolutely no sense. And, and I'm going to give a little shout out. There's a, there's a book out there called the case for Christ that goes into that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and CS Lewis, right? Uh, Lee Strobel. No, Lee Strobel. My yeah. bad. And, and, and he dives in kind of like an attorney would of like, okay, well let, let me make the case for who Christ is. Um, fantastic read, highly recommend it. But, but it gets into some of that kind of stuff of why would they do what they did if it wasn't real? Yeah. That'd be a great one to check out mm-hmm. for sure. So we know there are a lot of connections. We talked about that earlier about, Mm -hmm. you know, the prophecies coming from Old Testament to New Testament Mm -hmm. and then some crossover talk from the New Testament to the Old Testament. Yep. There were, I know even in my limited amount of time really diving into the Bible, I've been able to tie some of these together Mm -hmm. um, in my learning. Um, But what are some of the things that kind of stand out that that maybe somebody who doesn't know much about it can kind of look for? I know Isaiah might be one of those places to point to. Uh, what are some of the other ones? The best place to start with these, my recommendation would be uh, in the Gospels because the um, the Gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are very good about saying um, things like "as it is written," and then and it spells something out. And most of the time in your Bible, um, whether that's on the app, the Uversion app, or if you're reading it online, or if you have a physical copy of the Bible, it'll tell you where that reference is. And then mm-hmm. you can go back and you say, okay, so then you can go back and read where that happened in the Old Testament. In fact, I just read one um, this morning, I think. I read in Deuteronomy uh, where Moses is directing the people, hey, God gave you manna so that you would know that you don't live on bread alone, but that you live by the word of God. Mm-hmm. And when I read that, I was like, wait a minute, I've seen that somewhere before. Well, Jesus says it. Mm-hmm. He uses that when he's being tempted by the devil. And so um, so, so there are all these kinds of connections there like that. So I would recommend starting in the Gospels and see what connections are there. Because especially when we're looking at prophecies and proving that Jesus is who he said he is, it quotes a lot of the, a lot of the prophecies that were written, you know, four hundred years or more before that, and he fulfills it and he proves it. You know, it it gives a lot of validity to it, making those connections over hundreds of years, um, written by completely different people and and all that. That is that is very interesting. That I've heard a lot of people say that the Bible contradicts itself, mm. but I feel like a lot of those people too aren't diving in to the historical context of Mm -hmm. it all. They're not really studying the Bible. Um, I think when we take things out of text, Mm -hmm. out of context, we can see, yeah, this contradicts itself. But if it's actually put into context, then no, it's it's spot on. It's going to tell you exactly what it's meant to. Mm -hmm. So it's it's amazing to me that 40 different authors over Mm -hmm. a course of, like you said, what, thousands of years um, can write... 40 books? No, 66 books? 66 books. 66 books. 
and it all come together. Like yeah. That. Yeah. It, it's absolutely incredible. Um, you can't line up six people and whisper something <laughs> into the first one's ear and have it come out the exact same at the end. That's right. Today. It, that's right. <laughs> We're, I mean, you can't, can't play telephone. I mean, it, it, it's, it, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Um, that this happened. And so it, it tells us a couple of things. Um, one is that, you know, one, one of the things that we talk about the Bible is that it was inspired by God, that everything in it was inspired by God. And the best evidence for that is exactly what you just said, that there were 40 different guys that all wrote basically the same story throughout the, the same thread, because you look, you start in Genesis you can go all the way to revelation, everything in that Bible points to Christ and every everything in the Old Testament points towards him everything in the New Testament points back to him it's all centered around that guy and so you can't tell me that over those thousands of years all these different people could write basically the same story and it all makes sense mm-hmm. it shouldn't happen but it did yeah and going back to as as far back as the lineage of King David yeah uh, who Jesus is a descendant of yeah great 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 whatever right. grandson and it's all <laughs> and they all come together in the same book yeah. incidentally the bible is the number one best-selling book in the world yep constantly mm-hmm. also the number one most stolen book in the world <laughs> constantly yeah um so uh you know i mean that in itself is as simple as that is mm-hmm. you know that means something people yeah. people want to hear it whether they completely understand it or not I don't completely understand it. I'm not going to pretend to. Me either. And there's things in it that we're not meant to completely understand. That's right. Otherwise, why would we Why would we need it? Right. Well, and it's not faith. It's not faith, yeah. If yeah. we understand it, if we know exactly what it's talking about, uh, there is no faith and God calls us to have faith in him. That's right. So um, this, is, this is interesting um, to kind of put all this together in one short episode mm-hmm. um, and really lay out what that looks like. So, cue the celebration music. It's time for the outside looking, inside looking out. Ta-da! I think I said it in the beginning. I didn't understand this whole Jesus thing. I didn't understand religion, as we talked about in the last episode. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand why we go to church. I didn't understand Mm -hmm. any of that. But I knew, well... When my wife told me 10 years ago that we needed to go to church, she grew up in the church. Remember, I told her, show me in the Bible where it says we need to be in church. Mm. And she brought me a list a couple pages long. Um, (laughs) I knew that I believed what was in the Bible. I don't know why I believed it. Mm -hmm. I don't know what was, what kept pulling me to that, but I knew there had to be something that grounded everything that kind of pulled everything together and that i think is really it that is our connection the bible is Mm -hmm. god's holy word yeah that is our connection our direct connection here on earth with god Mm -hmm. Uh, aside from people aside from his church having started going to church having learned more about the bible having studied it more done Mm -hmm. done different bible studies been in matt's sunday school class Mm -hmm. All of these different opportunities to hear the word, to learn the word, and to understand what it means has really brought me closer to my relationship with God. Yeah. I would have never thought that before, but now I can look back on it and say, that's what did it. That's what, you know, first getting in church, Mm -hmm. 
having that accountability, having that partnership with other Christians, mm-hmm. having that um, support group, if you will, sure. yeah, of people who, if I don't understand something, I can ask. Yeah, they can point me to the chapter and the verse. Mm-hmm. Um, I do that with Matt all the time. That's why I call him the encyclopedia. <laughs> It's important to have those people around you to help you because honestly, I don't read my Bible enough. I have great intentions of I want to get up every morning. I want to read through my Bible. I want to pick something and read it and Mm -hmm. pray on it. I'm horrible about it. But going to church every Sunday, going to church on Wednesdays, whether it's helping with Matt and Emily Mm -hmm. with Awana or Mm -hmm. going to a men's Bible study group, that keeps me in connection with Mm-hmm. with the people, with the Bible. It'd yeah. be very easy for me to, if I stopped going to church, it'd be very easy for me to never crack open that Bible again. Sure. And I think that's the same for everybody out there. So mm-hmm. that's why we're doing this. Help you to understand the importance of getting into church, participating actively, mm-hmm. yeah, and getting into the Word. Absolutely. From the inside looking out, you know, I think it's it's important. A couple of things um, is to know that you know the Bible is not just another storybook. Um, sometimes we treat it that way that, that this is all stuff that's all nice and dandy, but um, it's not. Maybe it doesn't mean as much for me. Um, it's just some good stories of you know some stuff that God did, and it's important to remember this is real stuff. That that this actually happened. That this is historic. This is a historical document, um, a histor- historical account of what God did, um, and how He, you know, created the world. And from the beginning of time, uh, everything points to Christ. And then since since His death and resurrection, everything points back to Him. And and so it's important for us to remember that and, and to embrace it in that way. And and to also remember that um, to to keep this stuff in context and and to look at the history behind it. And, you know, we, we had somebody recently, uh, come and talk to us about that and, you know, Hey, you know, how, you know, how do you keep it in context? What, what is the chronological look at the Bible? What, what else was going on in history? Um, and honestly, we don't know those answers right now. Uh, but it's something we we're, we're going to dive into because, because there is history happening. You know, this, this was real stuff. And so I, I want to encourage you as Christians to remember that and to read it that way, that this, you know, th- this is real stuff. This is really happening. It's not just a guidebook. It's not just a list of things that are going to make our life better. It is all of those things, but it's also his- historical. Um, it's good. It's accurate. It's real. And, and to, to, to take it in like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for us today, everybody. I wanted to ask a favor. I want y'all to reach out to us. We've been thinking about an idea and I wanted to share it with you. We, we are, considering writing something, uh, a book, a booklet. I don't know what that looks like yet, but something that might reach out to people who don't believe this stuff. Um, you know, we, we feel like if they don't believe in the Bible, they don't believe in Jesus, then us talking to them isn't necessarily going to reach them. Hmm. So we're wondering if, we wrote some of our episodes down that explained why we believe what we believe and in short summaries and tried to help people see why they should look into 
the Bible and look into this whole Jesus thing, that it might reach them a little more than trying to beat them over the head with the Bible. Mm. Let us know what y'all think. Do y'all think that would work? Do you think that's a that's something that would help get the word out a little bit more about Jesus instead of just handing them a Bible that may they may or may not ever read? We don't know. We need your help. Like, like Bill said, our heart behind it is we want to get the message out to as many people as possible. And, and knowing that we live in a world that's that challenges everything, you know, what what would be the best way to break through that barrier? Oh, so that, and that's our heart for doing the podcast is to um, hopefully reach people that don't currently go to church, that don't know about Christianity, and to give our, our Christian brothers and sisters a tool to say, hey, check this thing out. But... You know, like you said, a physical form of a booklet or a book or something. Yeah, you know, what, whatever that looks like. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you think. Yeah, we never want to replace the Bible. That's nope. not what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. We just want to get people to understand why they should open the Bible. Right. So, yeah, let us know what you think. And um, shoot us a message on Facebook or shoot us an email. Visit our website. We're going to create a link for you to send us your thoughts. So keep an eye out for that. And, uh, yeah, be sure to let us know. Visit us at simplifyjesus.com. Check out our Facebook page. Check out our LinkedIn, our Instagram, our Twitter, uh, all that social media stuff. And um, share, share, share. (laughs) That's right. Absolutely. And if you ever need anything, shoot us a note at info at simplifyjesus.com. We'd love to get your feedback. And yeah, I guess we'll see you guys again next week. Take care, everybody.